0: You are listening to Seek the Good, Episode 41, Money Matters. This is the podcast where we seek the good in life, in others, and in ourselves to create an extraordinary life. This is Seek the Good, and I'm your host, Dr. Kelton. Hello, podcast friends. I am so excited to be with you today and to talk to you about... Money Matters. I stole that title from the church magazine back in September 2004. I came across it when I was putting together this podcast, and it actually is a really good um, article. So if you want to look it up, it's called Money Matters. But what I mostly want to talk to you about today is money beliefs. And I think. This is such an important topic, and you'll see why throughout this episode. But I want you to take a minute to really see what comes up for you and see what you think if somebody said, I love money. Like, what what comes up for you? If you think of somebody that said, I love money, what thoughts or feelings come up for you? And I wonder if different thoughts and feelings come up for you When you think about different people saying it. So maybe your child says, I love money. What comes up for you? Or a neighbor. Or your best friend says it. Or maybe your bishop says it. Or your husband or your mom. It might bring up different thoughts and feelings for different people. Honestly, in the past, I would have gotten worried for somebody. (laughs) That's like the first feeling that comes up for me. Not too long ago, even. That's like the first feeling that came up for me was worry for that person. And I think it's worried for them because I I think that they might have their priorities wrong. Like if they say, I love money, like maybe their priority is money instead of their family or or God, right, those kind of things. We think if somebody says they love money, they have put those things on the back burners is kind of the perception that we have. And I think it's true that someone that maybe only has a priority of money, or maybe they have, like what that means to them is they have bad intentions for their money, or they think they would actually be better person because of money, those things can be concerning. And as I talked to my husband about this, we ended up talking about how one possibility is that you don't actually love money, you love what money buys. And I want to take that one step further, that maybe we don't love what money buys, but we actually just love the feeling that we get when we think about whatever it is that money just bought us. And I also brought up the question, but can we actually love money? And yes, it is true that money actually is just paper or coins, right? (laughs) If you think about actual, like, what physical form money is. But if we ask the question, what is money? Like, what is the definition of money? Money is just a way that we, it's a value of exchange. It's a way we exchange perceived value. And I think it's okay that we love the opportunity that we are able to exchange value and what that is like the the blessing that we have money to be able to do those exchanges in jen let me see if i say her name right scenario <laughs> scenario probably scenario i have no idea you'll have to check it out but she gave this analogy in one of her books of somebody saying i love pizza right and or like if somebody said I love ice cream it's so different than if somebody says I love money (laughs) and I think it's because we don't like if somebody says I love ice cream or if we say that ourselves I love ice cream we don't feel like we have to explain why we like ice cream and we aren't really worried about somebody if they say it unless I guess they're like extremely unhealthy and we're we're worried about their health, right? And that's, I guess, the only reason why we're worried if somebody says, I love money as well, is we're worried about them in some way. Like we think it could be unhealthy for them for some way. So we've all heard the phrase before, money is the root of all evil. And I think it's good to recognize the that we need to correct that, that the scripture that's coming from actually says the love of money is the root of all evil. But what does it mean? What does like the love of money mean? Love of, I think it could mean like love money more than, like if you love money more than other things, then it could be harmful, right? So your treasure is the thing that you love. And if your treasure is the pursuit of money and and status itself, that won't bring lasting happiness, right? It's like, if your treasure is God and his kingdom, like that will last forever. But money, or like the things money can buy on this earth, those things will fade away. They will not last, right? But I think it's so interesting that like this whole phrase, like the love of money is the root of all evil. I think that Satan really a Attempts to make good people believe that money itself is bad, and having money is bad. And I think he does this so that all money, like, goes to evil people, right? Like Satan is able to do more evil with people that have more money, don't you think? Anyways, I love what Jody Moore talked about um, in the past. I've heard her say that money makes. You more of who you are. So if you're good, you will do good with money. If you're bad, you will do bad with money. Think of like all the amazing people, you know, in your life, like the amazing people that are just like good through and through. Okay. Maybe they're not good through and through even some of those people that like aren't perfect, but they're just good people, right? What if they had millions and millions of dollars? I want you to really think about like what good could come from them having money, extra money, money to spare. Like what good could come from those good people having money? There's this lady in my ward. I love her so much. And one thing she said was, please give me the trial of money. That is one trial I would really like to have. (laughs) And I thought that was so true. Like, yes, having money can be harder to love God sometimes, I think, if people have a lot of money, because it might be easier to feel like you can handle things on your own and you don't really need God. Like, that's the temptation, I think. And so, it can be a trial in a way, right, to have lots of money, because you need to stay close to God to get, to like, stay on that right path, right? So, The opposite of that, if we think that, like, money can produce a lack of humility, right? The lack of money, we believe, can lead to humility. And we have this example in the Book of Mormon that does teach that, right? That in Alma chapter 32, Alma is teaching... And in verse 12, he says, I say unto you, it is well that ye are cast out of your synagogues, that ye may be humble, and that ye may learn wisdom. For it is necessary that ye should learn wisdom. For it is because ye are cast out that ye are despised of your brethren because of your exceeding poverty, that ye are brought to a loneliness of heart, for ye are necessarily brought to be humble. So it's true. He's saying there, like they were cast out of the synagogues because the people didn't like them because they were poor. So they cast them out, which the people then chose to be humble because of this. But I like what Alma goes on to say. And he says, and now because ye are compelled to, compelled to be humble, blessed are ye. For a man sometimes, and I like that word, for a man sometimes, if he is compelled to be humble, seeketh repentance. So I love how Alma words that because he's not saying like, if you are made poor or if you are cast out, that you are going to seek repentance, right? But that's, that's what we need our heart to be in a place of humility and to seek repentance, to be able to come closer to God. So that is so needed and necessary. And sometimes, when people are compelled to be humble, meaning they're more likely to be humble because of their circumstances around them, then they choose repentance. But not always. And he goes on and says, "And now, surely, whosoever repenteth shall find mercy. And he that findeth mercy and endureth to the end, the same shall be saved." In verse fourteen, he goes on and says, "And now, as I said unto you, that because you were compelled to be humble, blessed were." Or ye were blessed. Do ye not suppose that they are more blessed who truly humble themselves because of the word? So he's saying like how blessed are people that choose to humble themselves when their circumstances aren't making them. That they just hear God's word and they choose to repent. They don't have to be brought to like this really low state to choose that. In verse 15 Yea, he that truly humbleth himself and repenteth of his sins and endureth to the end, the same shall be blessed. Yea, much more blessed than they who work are compelled to be humble because of their exceeding poverty. So let's stop blaming people's results, choosing to repent and to turn to God because of their circumstances. Because it is never actually the cause. Now I do like see the correlation that sometimes when people are brought low. And some people maybe need that. Some people need to be brought low to exceeding poverty or whatever it may be. Or so many certain trials to come into their life. To force them to make that choice. That they're more likely to make that choice. To turn to God. But... We don't have to have that. We don't need that. That is not like a qualification to turn to God. I know a lot of rich people that do awful things. And I know poor people that do awful things too. And the same is true with so much good things. There are rich people that do so much good things and poor people that do so much good things too, right? Um, I have this other set of verses that I feel like teach kind of the similar thing in 2 Nephi 9, verses 28 through 38. And, and this brings me back to like Satan wanting us to believe that like money is bad itself. And he says, Oh, the cunning plan of the evil one, all oh, the vainness and the frailties and the foolishness of men. When they are learned, they think they are wise and they hearken not unto the counsel of God. For they set it aside, supposing that they know themselves, wherefore, sorry, I'm having a hard time reading, their wisdom is foolish, and it profiteth them not, and they shall perish. But to be learned is good if they hearken unto the counsels of God. So notice that it's not like being learned or anything. Or having wisdom, like that isn't bad either, right? It's just if you don't hearken to the counsel of God, you think you're better than God or no better than God, that's where the trouble comes in. And verse 30 says, But woe unto the rich who are rich as to things of the world. So this is what we think of normally, right? Like people that have lots and lots and lots of money is what we think of when we hear that sentence. And it goes on to say, For because they are rich, they despise the poor. And they persecute the meek and their hearts are upon their treasures. Wherefore their treasure is their God and behold, their treasure shall perish with them also. Please notice that it's, I don't think it's saying that every single person that has riches as to things of the world or money are, are like this. They don't just, they don't all despise the poor and they don't all persecute the meek and the All their hearts are not upon the treasures. But that's what this verse is warning us of. It's saying don't let that happen. Don't let when you become rich to the things of the world, don't let your heart be focused on those things and and then make your treasures or your money or the things you have become your God. Right? And so I like going on to the next verses because it emphasizes... The same point that he was trying to make in verse 30 says, Woe unto the deaf, for they will not hear, for they shall perish. Notice all these, I'm going to go into more of these verses. Notice it's all about where your heart is. It's not your actual circumstances. It's not how much money is in your bank account or how much money is not in your bank account. There are people with both of those circumstances that choose differently. Their hearts are in different places. But the ne- like these, all these verses like the deaf, it's not actual deaf people, right? It's just people that choose not to hear. It's where their heart is. Woe unto the blind that will not see, for they shall perish also. Woe unto the uncircumcised of heart, for a knowledge of their iniquities shall smite them at the last day. Woe unto the liar, for he shall be thrust down to hell. Woe unto the murderer, who is deliberately killeth, who deliberately killeth, for he shall die. So notice it's not like all these cases, it's not like somebody that's ever killed somebody before, woe unto them, right? No, some people have had to kill in the past, but have had their heart towards God when they've had to do those things, right? And, and... It goes on and it just tells about all these different verses, but all of them are just talking about where is your heart? Where is your heart? What are you focused on? Who do you love? So why do I think it's so important that we change our mindset around money if it isn't positive and uplifting? It's because we will never allow the number in our bank account to increase if we think it is wrong or it makes us bad because we have X amount of money in our bank account. Now for every person, that's something interesting too, that for every person, that number amount will be different. (laughs) Like to one person, like $100,000 in your bank account seems like a lot of money. And that's like rich, that's too scary, that makes us bad or wrong, right? To somebody else, that's like not a lot of money. Right? So it's just all up to how you decide to think about it. So if you decide that you want to be able to say, I love money, then just decide, like, what does that mean to you? And have, like, a good definition or, like, a meaning behind you saying, I love money, that you feel good about, that connects with, like, your highest self and, decide on purpose in the guide to the scriptures, the summary on under like riches or wealth, it says the Lord counsels the saints not to seek for worldly riches except for, except to do good. The saints must not put seeking worldly riches before seeking the kingdom of God, which hold the riches of eternity. So I just like thinking about that and thinking how we can, kind of word that a little differently like it's good to seek riches to do good is what that's saying it's like but it I think it's really important I like how it says to not seek like worldly riches before you seek the kingdom of God but I feel like we can do that at the same time like if our heart is set on the kingdom of God and we're we're set towards that, we can receive, like, money to help do that. I heard this quote that was, like, if, I gotta find it. I think, what was I listening to? I think it was that, um, article that I mentioned at the beginning, Money Matters, 2014, and I think she shared a quote in that, that, he was saying, like, if people say you can't buy happiness, then they don't know where to shop <laughs> because temples can be built with money and we send missionaries with, mo- with money, right? And, like, all these positive, beautiful things in the gospel require a lot of money to do them. And not that we can't fill the spirit or do things without money and buying those things, but just think of how the amazing experiences we're able to have are affected because of the money that we're able to put into those. And so what if like we do good to get riches and then we do good with those riches. And I just want to emphasize again, like of course you don't need money to do good and to feel good and to feel joy um, from doing from doing good because of riches, right? But it is one way. I love money. I love that it allows me to serve people. I love that it allows me to feed my family good food and to have a comfortable place to stay. I love that it allows me to go on fun vacations and to do fun activities. I love that it allows us to make temples and to have this special place to go and get away from the world. I love that it allows us to send missionaries all around the world to teach people of Christ about Christ. And I love that it allows me to be more of me. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.